Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast, where author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions and concerns that we all have about the topic of hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead should inspire us to invest the time we have left on earth wisely. Tune in for today's enlightening broadcast. Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we are discussing, Where is Your Faith? You know, as Christians, learning to walk by faith is critical, especially living in these last days. We must understand how to develop and exercise our faith in God's Word when facing a variety of trials and situations we will encounter all throughout our lives. We need faith to forgive others, to trust God for wisdom and direction, for healing, for finances, for navigating relationships, and for overcoming numerous obstacles. Isn't that true, Bill? I mean, especially today, as you said, living in these last days. I mean, there's pastors, there's people in the ministry abandoning their faith. That's right. I mean, committing suicide. Um, it's really like their their faith has been shipwrecked or, you know, it's, as or maybe was really weak to begin with, and they didn't understand how to exercise faith against some of the obstacles and trials that they faced, which right. is really sad. Right. We are in perilous times, so... Our faith is definitely needed today. Yes, and it's something, it's a requirement also in the Word of God. I mean, first of all, we know faith is a requirement for salvation, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's a requirement for our walk with God. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 and Romans 1, 17 says the just shall live by faith. It's a requirement for our healing in Matthew 9, 28, Acts 14, 9. That's right. And to please God, you know, Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible to please God without faith. Right. And of course, so critical today is it takes faith to hear his voice. John 10, 27, Jesus said, we hear his voice. We're his sheep. We hear his voice. Well, it takes faith to believe that scripture and to thank him and exercise that faith thanking him after we've asked for wisdom or whatever we need direction in. You know, first John 5, uh, 14 also says, this is the confidence or the faith we have that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, That's right. you know, and if we know he hears us, then, you know, that's what gives us that confidence. He's answering our, our prayers. Right. It's so critical to hear the voice of the Lord today. Uh, we really need the wisdom of God, but you know, all of us are at different levels of faith, just as some have developed their muscles to a greater extent. You know, Romans 12, 3 says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. Now, this is an order for man to get saved in the first place. So man is without excuse. God is always the giver. He's the one giving us the faith in order to even get saved. You know, we have each been given the same amount or same measure of faith. However, it is up to us to develop our faith. And, you know, and this is a lifelong process. Oh, it certainly is. And that's a critical thing you said, Bill. You know, each of us have been given the same measure. So it's kind of like a muscle that right. we have to work out. You know, our muscle can be flabby and weak, or it can get strong and larger because we're exercising it, right? Right. We're all given the same muscle. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know, and um, we all, like you said, have, there's different levels of faith through the scriptures. Mark 440 talks about no faith. Matthew 640 says little faith. First Timothy 119 mentions shipwrecked faith. Luke 825 said, Jesus said, where is your faith? James 1 6, unwavering faith. Luke 7 9 mentions great faith. Romans 420 
mentions being strong in faith. In Acts 6, 5, Stephen was full of faith. That's right? right. So we can see the different levels that we're all at. So we're all growing. We're all growing. So it's not to put condemnation on one another, but it's to be honest with God. Like, where are we? Where is my faith? And if it's weak, it's super critical and important uh, in my walk with God. I need to learn to develop and grow in it. Right, right. So we shouldn't be offended when someone, you know, might say to us, you know, well, that, you had a weak faith there. Well, we're all growing, you know, yeah. we're all growing. We need to exercise it. And it's true. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's true. Right. right? Now, it, it just reminds me of a story I'd like to share. Um, there was a house that I had sold to a construction superintendent. And um, during the escrow, uh, he applied seven different times to the bank to get approved. And he got turned down by seven different lenders. So he was getting very discouraged at that point. But then also during the, uh, t that time period, we discovered there was a crack in the foundation running all through the house. It was actually about two inches wide. And uh, when that was discovered, we found that the house was actually slipping down the hill, the back of the house. So it was a severe uh, crack in the house. But he was in the construction business, so at first he thought, well, maybe I can fix it. But with the being turned down and then with how much it was going to cost to fix it, he decided to cancel. So he canceled the escrow. And, you know, that was our only escrow. We had just gotten married. We had really no savings, and we were counting on that closing. And uh, he, he just canceled it. So it was dead. I remember that, you know. And at that time, I had been feeding my faith, listening to uh, Dr. Norval Hayes. Right. And he is a champion of faith. He's now in heaven. But he's a powerful man of God who was strong and had such an anointing and an authority on him when he taught faith. And um, anyways, I, I felt like the Lord led me, listen to this man. I think I was listening to him for about a week or two. So I was really feeding my spirit. And when you told me that, my faith was at a higher level. You know, I, I know that because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I felt led to pray and not let the devil steal this transaction and the money. So Bill and I came into agreement and we prayed. We took authority over the devil from influencing anyone and anything in the transaction. We commanded the sale to come back to life. Had no idea how, but we just commanded it to come back to life in Jesus' name. And um, that it would, the buyer would get approved, want the home, be able to fix it, you know, something that would be good for him, mm -hmm. and uh, successfully close escrow. And we left it in the Lord's hands. Right. And then two weeks later, the buyer called Bill and he had not been able to get the house off of his mind. You know, because he was in construction and it was, the property had a lot of potential because it had an ocean view. So he started thinking about it and thinking about it. And he thought of a way that he could repair it if he could get a loan. And he told Bill, well, I'm going to try one more place to apply for a, a loan. And he went to his credit union and he got approved. And they even, you know, they even approved it with the house defect and, and all of that, which was amazing too. And, right. you know, this is a complete series of miracles. I mean, anyone in real estate especially would say so. You know, the buyer still wants the house slipping down the hill. He happens to be in construction. So he's the perfect type of buyer for this kind of opportunity. Um, he did get loan approval on the eighth time. Which was <laughs> another miracle. Which was a miracle. And the lender overlooked the crack in the foundation. Which never happens. And the seller has to hang in there with this buyer who was already turned down seven times. Right. So all of these things had to be overcome, but God made a way. 
And right. it ended up being good for the buyer because of his background. Right. And being able to do that. And it successfully closed escrow. But but you sh- stood strong for those two weeks and would not let go of the word. Yeah, and I just kept thanking the Lord. I thought I trusted him to make a way. I thought, Lord, if this is good for that buyer, Lord, you'll make a way. You'll put it together, you know, and just kept thanking him. And, yeah, and look and, what God did. So yeah. that was an amazing, amazing miracle. But it did take having faith in my heart and exercising it and, and by meditating on the word of God. That's right. That's right. You know, Mark 9, 23 says, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. That's Jesus speaking. You know, and faith, there's actually three ingredients to faith. Patience, love, and works. And you can read those verses, actually. That yeah, that's that. so good. You know, and Hebrews uh, 6.12 says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. That's right. You know, James 1.3 talks about the trial of our faith, which works patience. And 1 Corinthians 13.2 says, though I have all faith and I have not love, I am nothing. That's and right. we know that faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6 says. Right. James 2, 26 states that faith without works is dead. That's, that's right. also James 2, 18. That's right. So the works part of faith is being a doer of God's word, as Matthew 7, 23 says. And then read that. Uh, the next thing is about Matthew 7, 23. Yes, it says that Jesus speaks here about a man who built his house on the sand and another who built his house on a rock. And then when the storms of life came, the one house fell, and great was the fall on the one who built on the sand. And the same storm came to both men in the story, but the one who built on the rock stood because he was obedient to the word of God, not just a hearer only. So a lot of people read that story that Jesus tells in Matthew 7, and they think, oh, yes, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. But Jesus is saying it's not just believing on Jesus, it's being obedient to do what the word of God says, not just hear it only. Right. That's the difference. It's not just believing in Jesus. It's being a doer of his word. Yes. And that has our house founded on the rock. And in centering the storms of life come to both sides, you know, but the one will stand if you stand on the word of God. Yes. And then, you know, as we said, how do we obtain faith? It's only one way. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You know, faith doesn't come because I say to you, Bill, can you pray for me to have more faith or asking God, God, increase my faith. I mean, it comes because we're hearing the word of God. We're reading it. We're speaking it. We're praying those scriptures. Um, that's, that's how faith comes, right. you know, speaking it out of our own mouth and our ears hearing it builds faith. So right. God expects us to have faith in his word and to show it. And right. part of how we show it is, you know, after we speak it, it's like when we're, we're praying it for something, you and I might come into agreement. We ask the Lord we, we, to do something, to help us with something. Then after that, we're showing faith because each day when we think about it, we're thanking him. Thank you, Lord. Yes. You answered our prayers. Thank you, Father. You're working out this situation. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you, Lord. We have an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. That's showing we're trusting him. We're not like the next day, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? How are we going to get the money? You know, I don't know what to do. How am I going to get direction? If we're like that, that's showing zero faith and trust in God. Exactly. You know, uh, here is a warning for being double-minded in our faith. James 1, 6 says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So we need to learn how to trust God's word and not be moved by the circumstances. Like like you were saying. Yeah, isn't that true? Especially today, because we've got so many adverse circumstances that are trying to hit believers, you know? That's right. And when the disciples were with Jesus in the ship and the storm arose, it says they were exceedingly afraid for their lives. And Jesus said to them in Luke 8, 25, he said, where is your faith? And in Mark 4, 40, he said, how is it that you have no faith? I mean, the way Jesus said this, Jesus expected them to have faith in his words when he said, let us pass over on, you know, onto the other side. They should have known that they would make it to the other side and not be, you know, not drown because Jesus said it. Right. He said, let us go over. So they should have thought, well, we're going to get there because Jesus said, let's go. Exactly. But they doubted. And uh, he, but he, like you said, he expected them to have the faith to believe. Again, Jesus was disappointed in his disciples when they could not cast out a dumb spirit in the boy who threw himself into the fire in Mark 9, 19. So Jesus said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? So he was a little bit perturbed with them not having the faith that they should have had. I mean, they've been around Jesus a lot, and they should have had faith in his word, but they doubted. And one more situation is where Peter doubted when walking on the water. Jesus said in Matthew 14, 31, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So now he wasn't mad at them, but he just was expected them to not doubt. And that's really where our battle is. The battle is in the mind. Right. And we all can fight doubt and unbelief. And we really do have to cast those thoughts down and continue to praise God, thank God, and speak his word over a situation. Right. You know, I mean, let's look at also where Jesus was pleased when someone had faith. So we know this is true, too, the opposite part of the coin. You know, Jesus said to the centurion in Luke 7, 9, he said, I have not found so great faith. I mean, Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith. Right. That's amazing to get Jesus to marvel. Right. Um, You know, he also commended the woman who asked him to deliver her daughter from a devil in Matthew 15, 28. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. That's right. And then in Matthew 9, 21 and 22, he was pleased with the woman who had the issue of blood because she not only came out in public when it was not legal and worthy of stoning because of her condition, but she said within herself, if I may just touch his garment, I shall be whole. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. I mean, that's powerful. She spoke her faith and put action into it by going out in public when she wasn't supposed to, and seeking after Jesus, take hold of his garment and just said that within her, if I just touch it, I'll be made whole. And Jesus said, it was your faith to the woman right. that did that. So we have a part to play, right? Yeah, she put action this. with her faith. Exactly. She went out and did something that was against the law to do. Exactly. And sometimes we think we're trusting God, you know, or we just say it in a general way. Well, yeah, I trust God or I'm trusting God in this situation, but we're doing nothing to show we're trusting God. Right. And that doesn't work. We can't just trust God in a general sense all no. the time. If we're dealing with a specific situation, we need to look up a scripture about that situation. Pray that scripture. Thank, and then thank God he heard us 
and be thanking him every day for the solution, the wisdom, the direction, the healing, um, you know, the treatment, what should I do here, Lord, whatever it is, you know, we have to do something with our faith. Right. We've got to show God, put action to our believing, you know, so we see that Jesus sometimes rebuked a lack of faith and other times commended a display of faith. You know, that reminds me of another story. I was working out at the gym once with this really big guy and I was really doing too much weight and I snapped my collarbone doing these pull downs. I mean, it was so painful. My bone just stuck up about a half an inch. It didn't break the skin, but the bone was broken and jagged and uh, you could see it sticking up. It was so painful and I left it for about a week before I went to the doctor. I just don't like really going to the doctors, but, and I was praying uh, but it got so painful, I finally went to a, a doctor, and he looked at it, and he said, this is a really severe break. We're going to have to break it on both sides so we can reset it. So we got to do immediate surgery. Well, when he said that, I passed out. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a wimp when it comes to these things, but uh, I came to, and then I, I just got up and ran out of the doctor's office. I left. And uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go to Pastor Gary, a pastor that was the the pastor of the church I was attending at the time, and have him pray for me. Because I just believe when he prays, I'm healed. That's it. And so I went to him, and he looked at it, and he goes, oh, my, Bill, that looks terrible. And I said, just pray for me, and I'm healed. So he laid hands on me, and he said, in Jesus' name. That's as far as he got. And the bones just snapped together, all perfectly, totally healed in an instant. That's the only time I've ever had an instant healing that miraculous right at that moment I was so excited I was just so glad God his word and he rescued me I didn't have to go through surgery praise God you had no faith to go to the through the surgery but you definitely had faith in him praying for you right. laying on of hands and that it would God would take care of it it wow. was it was part of his faith and the gift that God given him you know, he has a gift of healing. Yeah, he does. But he wasn't, um, he just looked at it and was, he wasn't like under the anointing in a service or right. anything like that. It was just, he kind of actually looked at it and like, oh my, you know, like he, he right. didn't really have the faith, honestly, right. but he was obedient to lay hands on right. you. I knew God's word works, but also I knew he had a gift and I had my faith in the word, but also that I know when he prayed, uh, I God would, would take my care healing. of it. Yeah. And he did. God is so faithful to his word. That's a powerful story. You know, so. I know. And, you know, and, and I know, Bill, and you know this, and, and we all know this as Christians, we cannot ever be good enough to receive any of God's benefits or earn them or his blessings or gifts or our salvation. We cannot earn anything from God. It is all a gift. It's interesting, though, that, you That's know, right. he put faith as like the system right. that we go through. Right. You know? So God initiated a system whereby he could bless us and save us. And it's called faith. Our faith is simply showing him our trust in what he has told us in his word. He considers our faith as righteousness, as Genesis 15, 6 says, Romans 4, 5, and 2 Corinthians 5, 21. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And developing our faith is a lifelong process. You know, sometimes we've gone through things. We think, oh, yeah, we're listening to faith. We're growing. And then a crisis hits and you really realize, oh, wow, look how little our faith is, right? At right. times when you're really in a crisis. Right. So that's why it's it's a lifelong thing and you always want to be developing it and growing it, you know, and, you know, because we'll all experience many trials throughout our lives where our faith will be, you know, tested and yes. faith will be required. 
And Romans 4, 20 and 21 says that Abraham was strong in faith, being fully persuaded. So just seeing that scripture in Romans 4, that means we can be only partially persuaded. Right. Right? So we all need to aspire to achieve that level of being strong in faith like Abraham was. Right. You know, and however, the, you know, the most important area we need faith in, of course, is to trust what Jesus did for us on the cross for our salvation. He died in our place for our sins, and then he rose from the dead. He was buried, and he rose from the dead. We must believe this, or we will spend an eternity in hell. That's right. You know, and remember, you know, Bill, Romans 12, 3 says that, that God has given us the measure of faith to be saved. That's right. So we encourage you to read these five verses as they state what it, it is required for our salvation. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, John 14, 6, John 3, 36, Luke 13, 3, and Romans 10, 9 and 10. Now, this is the truth. Those verses explain salvation. You know, faith gives us the ability to stand firm on God's word, resist the attacks of the devil, and be confident that when we pray in faith, he hears us and answers our prayers. Yes, again, I love that verse in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It states and says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we desired of him. So we know we can ask according to his will if it's in his word. And we know it's telling us we, God hears us, whatever we ask then. And we know that we have the requests. We have them. It's another, right. it's the saying we have them. We're asking according to something that's in his word. We have it if right. we ask. Exactly. And we all must feed our faith daily with the word of God. So his word dwells in our heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If we don't have his word hidden in our hearts, it will not come out our mouths and our prayers in a time of crisis. That's so good. You know, so just to recap then briefly, Bill, you know, these are some of the points you brought up, we brought out today. You know, we all have the same amount of faith. It's up to us to develop that muscle. You know, faith only comes by hearing the word of God. It doesn't come any other way. I can't pray for you. There's no other way for you to get the faith. Right. Right. There are different levels of faith, and some of us have worked our faith muscles more than others. That's correct. That's not to have any condemnation, just to be honest and realize where we can grow. There is no other way to please God. Faith is an action. It operates by love, and it requires patience, sometimes great patience. Mm -hmm. Faith-filled words and prayers are only released if God's word is in our heart. That is so true. So true. So ask yourself, where is my faith? Am I prepared for the storm? Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe, rate this program, and share it on social media outlets. To stay in touch with us and learn more about this ministry, consider checking out our resources at soulchoiceministries.org.